ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Good evening, Dynasty Junkies. It is episode 139 of the Dynasty Junkies, part of the DAP Network. Tonight, you've got Scott Sidlow rolling here. That's the voice you're hearing right now. If you don't know that by now, well, maybe you're a new listener. And if that's the case, welcome. We love to have you. With me, Andrew Hall. Mr. Andrew Hall. What's going on, brother? I'm doing great, Mr. Scott Sidlow. Glad to be with you and talk some more rookies before we get to the draft up here in a couple weeks. Excellent, excellent. We have a returning guest tonight, a man that I knew little about this time a year ago, but Andrew brought him on, and uh, you know we were just kind of broing out here, and we've got we've got some good vibes going on, and we're like, man, <laughs> just got to get this dude back because he's he's got some good stuff. Mr. David Zock at David Zock 16 and the fantasy Z score. David, what's going on, man? Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell the people where they can find you and, and what you do. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on again. Uh, I remember our, our last show, too, and it was a lot of fun chatting up with you guys and all your all your high stakes leagues and your mass <laughs> entries and stuff like that. So, yeah, I do work with uh, some fantasy pros. I do rankings there. I do work with uh, Dynasty Nerds, that's where you'll find my Fantasy Z score, which is my rookie wide receiver and running back models that is competing with some of the best in the industry, I like to think, and have kind of proven it out through some competitions that I've ran on, on Twitter. So if you guys ever find out anyone else who needs to be in that competition, let me know, and I'll get them on there with their models. So Awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's definitely it's done pretty well so far anyway, at least for as long as I've been following it. So I'm um, excited to get into some of those names tonight. Um, obviously we did, we did a whole show on quarterbacks and running backs a little bit on receivers tonight. We'll kind of do a catch all. We'll get into some more receivers. We'll get a few running backs from the, from the Z score model. And, uh, and then we'll grab some tight ends too. Um, but first I wanted to, well, Hey, Daniel Snyder, uh what do you buy it for 800 something million in 1999 and now now six six billion so look at that look at that craziness so i'm wondering here in chicagoland we have quite a track record of absolutely trash organizations and owners and then all of a sudden you know they sell and they become amazing you know cubs blackhawks um in three to five years the chicago bears um and so in that case are you guys thinking that Washington might actually this new group coming in? I believe it's uh, the owners own the 76ers. 
um, if that's correct. Uh, Josh Harris, is it? Um, Andrew, what do you think? Is this going to help Washington? Are they going to be in kind of the tank for Caleb Williams and then all of a sudden, you know, new stadium and new organization and new times and they're going to be relevant again? Well, it sure can't hurt, right? I mean, they weren't necessarily the greatest team on earth before this. I think the the off the field antics of, you know, Snyder and the other, you know, front office people and all the drama that's gone on there the last few years, I feel like a, a reset's probably great for the team, for the franchise. Uh, you know, getting a fresh face in there and some fresh ideas, again, can't be a bad thing. I am very interested to see what they do this year. I kind of want to see how, how much they want to go with this and if they really want to go full tank or if they try to kind of, you know, limp along and go, you know, eight and nine and just kind of do a bad tank, right? I mean, I could see that happening too because it's just one year. Um, but they do have Eric enemy on offense now. And I'm wondering if that's kind of like a, I don't know, a sign of things to come is that they are trying to go outside the box we're going to have to see what that what that team looks like, right? I mean, we, we don't quite know what it's even going to be. Is it Robinson or Gibson? Are they drafting someone else? You know, you got McLaurin and Dotson, but I'm just – I'm not sold on the QB position there. Like, I don't think Heineke's the answer. Are they going to be drafting someone? Like, it's just I, – it's just so many questions. I, I I don't really know what to do with them, to be honest. <laughs> David, what do you think? Are they going to yeah. – they going to tank for Caleb Williams or what? No, you got a lot of people uh, that got their jobs on the line this year, I think, with, uh, like you said, Eric Bieniemy and uh, Ron Rivera. I think his his leash is about ended, right, as far as uh, you know, it's new ownership and stuff like that, so maybe they, they extend it. But, no, I think those guys really are coaching for their jobs, and I'm excited to see how Bieniemy you know, makes his stamp on the team. Like, is he going to use Gibson to his full strengths? Is he going to be putting Curtis Samuel in sweeps and stuff like that? And of course, highlighting their best receivers, but that quarterback situation is a problem. Heineke's at Atlanta now, right? Oh, that's and, right. Uh, yeah. So they got Sam Howell. Is that, that's, that's who, who I mean. just, Yeah. That's who they they're do. rolling and with. Same then. difference. I think, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if they're going to Trade up. Oh, yeah. Jacoby Brissett, someone said. Oh, oh it's Ronald Dave's in here, too. Yeah. yeah thank you. Cool. Puff pass with the Jacoby Brissett reset. I like that. That's a good point. <laughs> that, that exactly says it, right? We don't even know who the quarterback is. That's how bad it is. Right. Like, we don't even, it doesn't even matter. Like, I, I did say Heineke because I, I was just thinking about him in another league, but it's Howell, who I actually have some shares of, but I'm still not expecting much. No, I mean, it's, it's hard to, right? Like, he's later round pick and he, they, they got a lot of pieces around him, I guess. But, you know, it's a, pretty high powered offense if you plug in just any average quarterback right like heineke did pretty well and was made mclaurin sustainable dotson really good for a rookie uh samuel started out real hot and yeah that running back room is gonna be real interesting i'm grabbing some of both just in case they pop off here but that's right it's uh it's nerve-wracking for sure yeah no doubt no doubt uh, pretty much other news. I don't know. Saquon Barkley's holding out. Um, is that, does that mean there's a buy window there or, you know, I don't know. He's, everybody's worried he's getting old now, you know, he's like 25. So 25 is <laughs> the new 30 for running backs. So, God, you know, <laughs> I feel ancient. This is great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I picked up a few shares over the last couple, uh, I guess maybe over the last six months, but I think the only one I sold was where I picked up a Brees Hall share. So I wasn't mm. mad about that. Basically a, just a swap for, you know, a non-competing team for a competing, you know, team going for the title. So you got Barkley, I got Hall and we move forward, but nice. 
Yeah, I don't know. Where where are you guys at on Barkley then? Is this this give you any any opportunity for a buy window or you don't think anybody's going to fall for that? I'm not sure well, people I'll are going to fall for quickly it. and just say Oh, sorry, go ahead. I think I'm a little well, delayed. I, was just say, I don't so. think that it's it's April. It, me too. It's April, so like who knows, right? Like I don't know how much I really worry about running backs holding out in April. He's he's relatively veteran at this point, you know. He doesn't need the extra workout, so I'm not really that worried about it. But yeah, if somebody's you know panicking or I don't know, send an offer that's a little low, which is kind of my mo, as we've talked about the uh, you know the puff pass came up last time, right? Where it's like the low ball haul. That's me, right? Like send a low ball offer for Barkley, <laughs> and you never know, maybe you can get something done. So that's probably what I would do if you really need a running back but i don't know i'm not too worried about it right same same feelings there i i haven't even tried to shop for him i haven't seen any trades with him go down at all i just people who have him in my leagues are are very high on him as as they should be running backs becoming a very rare commodity these days and how they're being valued so if you got a top five one there they're holding it very very close to their their chest very true. Very true. All right. Well, let's uh, actually, I want to mention a couple of things. So we'll get into the rookie talk here and wide receivers. Uh, when we talked what last week, um, we had the March ADP from DLF and already with the April ADP, there's some changes, which is always kind of funny, right? Cause we don't have anything new, no new draft capital, nothing like that. Uh, but yet you have, um, what was it? I think probably three or four guys moved multiple uh, spots. Cedric Tillman being one, he moved up, you know, from 10 to seven, um, you know, a couple, a couple names there moving in, moving around. But I always find that interesting with essentially no changes that players are right. just moving up and down. Right. Um, but David, I want to come to you first. And before we go a little bit deeper, we talked about a lot of these names last week. Um, but the top out of that top 12 group there, is there maybe, you know, why don't we do this? Give me one, one name on that list that you're higher on with your Z score and maybe one that you're lower on out of those top 12. Okay. Um, well, I, I talk about him a lot, so I don't know if I want to pick him again, but Quentin Johnston is definitely one. Um, he's still vying for the wide receiver one spot of the class for me and, I've had some terrible luck with my uh, top uh, values at the top end of drafts lately. I don't know if you guys saw a tweet, but Rashad Bateman was kind of my guy the one year. I had, him, I had him very high, and then he goes to a low-volume offense, gets injured a couple times. Same deal this last year. Extremely frustrating because you can see the talent there. It's explosive plays, and you just think if he was in just a normal offense and wasn't hurt that he'd be going off right now. And then you get Burks, who goes to this – another probably the second lowest pass volume team and fights through injuries again and i just can't catch a break with my uh, top values here so <laughs> this is the year that they're all going to come together but johnson got mocked to the ravens and stuff like that and i'm of like course. oh god don't do it to me again <laughs> but his, his profile's very very attractive for me so he he led his team in receiving every single year that he was there starting from a freshman sophomore junior early to Claire. He's got top three in pretty much every metric we're looking at. Yards per routes run, adjusted yard or average yards per team pass attempt, adjusted for SRS, which is kind of a team strength for college. There's just not much that he can't do. His film grades from NFL.com, Scouts Inc. 
I know the nerd score is coming out soon, and they weren't talking too highly of him, so that might be the one film score that he gets dinged in a little bit. But and he has you know a good body type for it, like thirty three and five eighths inch arms. That's monstrous and big hands to go with it. And I know he doesn't play the high catch point, is what all the film guys tell me, but um, right. He still pops off in the model because of that. Like the physical metrics is a very small part of it, but all those other things, he just he looks amazing to me from an analytical standpoint. And one guy I'm lower on, let's see, it's got to be Zay Flowers. Uh, so two years ago, I introduced a scaling factor for the level of competition you're at, both internal at the team. I measure that through SRS at Sports Reference. It kind of measures the strength of a team overall and their strength of schedule. And Zay Flowers is absurdly low in both of those. So while he has good metrics, like if you just look at him naked, so to speak, they, they look good. But if you adjust for his team strength, they become not attractive. And then you throw his size in there and how he's tiny, which doesn't normally affect me. And like I said, it's a small factor, but it still factors a little bit. Um, the, the team adjustment is what really kills him. But I like ah. to tell people with the, uh, the small schools guys like that, they have untapped upside. So he does have that going for him. But as far as me drafting him at, uh, you know, top four prices, he goes top three in some cases. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to have zero shares of him from a dynasty standpoint. So April showers are not bringing Zay flowers <laughs> for day. I love it. Got it. Okay. No, not, not for me. <laughs> How about you guys? Very interesting. I want to bring this up, Andrew, before we go to you, because uh, as you both well know, because I don't shut up about it, um, I had my pre-NFL draft, rookie draft, uh, last Thursday is when it started. Um, and we briefly mentioned it last week because I had the 106 and I took uh, JSN with that pick. Uh, we've since completed the draft. So I will compare here. Quentin Johnston went 111 and Zay Flowers went 112. Um, so obviously we know where David stands on that. One of them is going to be a great value and uh, one of them maybe not. If we look at our DLF ADP, Superflex ADP, um, Quentin Johnston's average is 9.3. So the 109 and flowers right behind him, uh, nine, 9.4, right? So again, the, the 109 there, leaning the 109. So I think that's an easy easy uh, answer for David, which which uh, spot he's going. However, I will ask you this. Are you willing to, would you take him as, would you take Johnson as high as the 106? For example, the position I was in last week where the top three quarterbacks went, and obviously Bijan and Gibbs. And so I took the first receiver, which was JSN. Are you still in the boat of, hey, I'm going to, because it's a pre-draft, you know, I'm going to take the safe guy, JSN, or are we going to say, you know, obviously we don't have draft capital. So that's the only standpoint we can right. speak from here. Um, does that make sense to you? Or are you very much willing to take Johnson at much earlier than the 103 that he's currently, or 109 that he's currently at? So... I would have been up for taking Johnson like about a month ago, but with draft capital kind of solidifying a little bit, it looks like JSN is going to go higher than he was originally predicted. So with that in mind, he's, he's the safe floor pick. And if I'm, if I'm playing it safe, which I typically do with a high end pick, it's probably going to be JSN, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate it if you took uh, 
you know, Johnson there. It would definitely be on my mind, but yeah, we'll see landing spots and draft capital. I got some bets about him going in the first round and stuff going on. So I got, I got a lot riding awesome. on him already and I haven't awesome. even drafted a rookie draft yet, but I love it. No, I think you made the right play there. So. I love it. All right, Andrew, let's bring you in here. Um, thoughts on, on Johnson and flowers and anything else you want to add in? On those well, top I, 12. I think it's interesting to see that both Johnston and Flowers are are lower overall. Like you were talking about the, the 9.3 and 9.4 in April. Uh, Johnston was 8.8 and then Flowers was 12.4. So there were a big gap in March and now they're right up against each other. So and they both are lower in theory. So we've had some running backs, I'm assuming, or maybe Hendon Hooker is you know jumping ahead of them in theory. Um, another, you know, maybe another quarterback. I'm guessing it's running backs. But the point I'm getting at with that is, you know, Quentin Johnson is is pretty much been my my third in this draft class um, for the last two months or so. Um, and we said at the beginning, there's really nothing that's changed. Like I haven't, you know, we don't have any new data points to look at, right? Like I don't know why we would be moving things, but there is always, you know, draft hubbub, and you hear the rumor mills, and like so and so is moving, looking to make a so and so, and the so and so, like it's, that's all they got, right? So for me, I, I don't mind at all taking Quentin Johnson at the 109. I think that's actually a pretty fair spot. That's probably where I'm going to lean on him. Him and Addison are both right there for me in that 8-9 kind of range. Um, I just think it's interesting to look at the relative athletic score. RAS is something I like, especially for bigger bodied players. And I didn't really realize this, but JSN and Quentin Johnson both ran the same 40, which is, I mean, it's, it's in 4-5-2. I mean, like, that's interesting. You know, like Johnson is significantly larger. And so you get a bigger bodied guy like that who can move just as fast as the, you know, smaller slot receiver in JSN for fantasy. That could be a game changer. That could be something, you know, like a DK Metcalf in a sense. I don't want to put a, too much of a comp on him. I'm not calling him DK Metcalf, but one of those guys is just a physical freak that can get open downfield and, you know, make, make plays out of nothing. And I just think that Johnson has that upside. Uh, I will agree with David, though. I think you made the right pick going JSN at one of six. Safe floor, that's kind of the consensus there. Um, I think you're more likely to get JSN traded away for Johnston plus a second than the opposite. And so I always draft for value and trade for need, and I think the value is higher on Jackson Smith and Jigba right now. Um, but, yeah, that could all change here in two weeks. You know, two weeks from tonight is the the draft, and we could see some very wild things happen that change a lot of this, you know. Let's say, heaven forbid, let's say they go one draft slot apart, right? Where JSN goes and then right after him, Quentin Johnson. What do you do now? You know what I mean? Like their draft capital is basically the same. Like, oh my God, like that could throw a wrench in this. So I'm just excited for the, the chaos. As we're talking about with DJ3 chat, chaos, let's go. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I want to ask you this, Dave, in the last question here on these uh, top guys. So I want to know what your model says about you know, Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman, they played in kind of that, you know, wide of the hashes offense, you know, something that's really a, a, a purely college offense. Um, some people will say Hyatt is a one trick pony, but that one trick is phenomenal, trick. right? Yeah. Like that speed and that, I mean, man, he can just, you know, um, what do you, what do the numbers, what does your model tell you about those two players? And do you factor in, you know, I know you factor in the team, uh, competition and things like that and some of your metrics, but does it factor in that type of offense where they're playing in something where basically Hyatt was schemed open on every, I mean, the guy like watches highlights, he's wide open on every play. Like what, what do you glean from that? I mean, I don't know. So I can't filter out stuff like that, you know, like, uh, my, 
that that essentially tricks the model so to speak yeah. so their their team looks strong you know their stats are phenomenal so uh jalen hyatt is my wide receiver four right now and tillman's my wide receiver six so i'm i'm high on both of them i i know what you're saying I've, I've seen those clips the broken coverages you put a guy in motion and he just runs a fly on the slot and he's wide open yeah, it looks like right. the easiest thing on earth to execute as far from a receiver standpoint run in a straight line catch the ball and you didn't have to do anything else right but so it, it really likes them i haven't seen every play um i do know that the film grades on them so that's this is where i lean into the film grades so i don't watch plays like like you guys do sure. for the most parts. I, I hardly even watch a, a play of college football, to be honest. But uh, it's actually I, awesome I, because I love we it. Know yeah. Like we know exactly where you stand. So that's what makes it so interesting. So I, I love this. This is great. Yeah. At least I have no bias coming right. in. Right. Is what right. I think. But... No, I know. That's, that's awesome. Um. So yeah, there's some film grades on the guys and they're just, they're very high, especially Lance Zerline with NFL.com. He has, very high i mean high. it still looks like hyatt's his wide receiver one from a yep, film standpoint I which i have a hard time to believe that from from what i'm seeing and you know in the metrics and the other film guys in the industry so that's hard to believe and then he's also very high on tillman and you see mock drafts and stuff like that i saw tillman going to the chiefs at 31 and oh, i got some man. sick exposure to him and some <laughs> underdog drafts so that would that would make my day there but yeah so to your point though it does essentially trick the model in that respect but okay. i don't know that i'm playing dumb to it i see the sure. film grades they're good i see the stats they're good so i'm like maybe they are but everyone else thinks they're good their stats say they're good so i'm i'm gonna roll with it they're okay. well, those guys are top targets of mine just to jump well, in I on value. that just to jump in on that for a second though i, I think it it kind of tricks the film grade too if i'm being honest because I, whenever i watch jalen hyatt i feel like every oh, yeah. play is a highlight reel right so it just makes it just makes his separation look crazy. It makes the points and the stats and all those numbers and the metrics that you're talking about look even better on the film because there's just no one around him. Right. And I, I worry that that doesn't translate to the NFL. You know, I worry that as fast as you are, they're going to scheme some solution. They're going to have a safety over the top. They're going to figure out a way to stop that. They're going to check you at the line and the guy's bigger than the guys they were in college. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like he's one of those uh, kind of one trick ponies in a way. Not that that's a negative, but it's just something to keep in mind. It's one of the many data points that I think you need to have. Um, I think he could easily be one of those, you know, second or not second round. I guess he's probably going in the first in most drafts, but even like an early second round breaking the draft and, you know, huge, terrific pick that we see in a year and just go, how did you get in that late? Um, but again, on the flip side, it could be, well, he was a one trick pony who pulled his hamstring and we never got to see it. Right. I mean, like, it's just, that's, if you only have one trick, we've seen that happen in the NFL time after time where someone's got all the talent, they just can't put it on the field. And I, I kind of worry with him being, I don't know, so easily open in college. It's like, well, does he have the tool set to really do that at the pro level? I don't know. I just don't know. I, I mean, I haven't so seen a ton of film on him, but I'm just nervous. You mentioned incorporating that into the data. How do you incorporate something like that into a spreadsheet? Let's say, man, just just put an asterisk by it and move on. You know what I mean? Just like that's literally like that's probably what I would do. Like put it, color it yellow and be like question marks. I don't, I, I don't know. This no, I, would, gen you know? I genuinely look yeah. for ways to include every single thing possible, and that's something like that's. I I don't even know where to start to put a number to it. You know, how do you degrade it or? 
Uh, well, again, even if you found, I can't even, even think about could, how to do it. Yeah. Well, even if you could find a metric, how do you quantify it? Right. Like, let's right. say there That's was a, I mean. you know, uh, uh, some sort of a number where it's like, you know, the, the team is ahead by so many points or the, the distance is so great. It, it flatlined like the, the, the algorithm just says, OK, no more. It just this is the most you can get. And then how do you quantify that? And like, there's so many rabbit holes you can fall down with that. And it's just impossible. So uh, largely, I feel like and this is part of what makes this game so fun is that there is no right answer. Right. Like as much as you're you're trying to get the Z score to be perfect, I totally admire that. I I'm more on the mindset of nothing is perfect. Well, that means everything's perfect. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, well, then we're all in this together and we're all doing our best to guess future outcomes of human events. What a crazy idea. Like, okay. who would do this? <laughs> we do this. That's our that's our whole fun. So yeah. That's a lot it's of fun. A, yeah. It's enjoyable. Exactly, especially when you're right, you know? Yeah. Um, David. Okay, so basically getting into this next group here of of 12 and and you can you can kind of work with the bottom half too of the top 12 but the next you know 13 to 24 a lot of uh a lot of names that are kind of all over the board um you know film grades and and otherwise this seems to be a class of a lot of smaller you know the slot style players and everything and i know you account for that a little bit um are there any names in there uh, you know, kind of, well, let's just kind of do the same thing. Is there, is there a name that jumps out at you in that next group that you're like, yeah, this, this guy is, you know, obviously again, we don't have draft capital, but you know, your model says, Hey, this guy's got a real shot to be something. And then, uh, the other way around as well. Yeah. I'd say there's, there's two guys that pop there with, uh, AT Perry and tank Dell, both of them, you know, very different style players. Yeah. Like AT Perry is an X type guy. Tank Dell is kind of that two-two Atwell mold, so his is his is scary close to two-two Atwell. Just a tiny guy with uh, really it? nice production. Yeah. So that scares me off because I was a two-two Atwell champion in the third round of rookie drafts. So, I mean, it didn't burn me too bad, but hey, the Rams uh, took him pretty freaking early, you know? Right. So I he mean, got the draft capital to go with yeah. that production. And he started to get excited, like maybe yeah. they're going to use him and. And he's made some splash plays. I mean, they there, they right? still but, might. I mean, you know, it's you know, and he was the hurt world is if he doesn't year. do anything as a rookie, he's dead. But we know that there's still a few guys might do something. Like, let's be honest. Right. No, that no, that's a point I want to emphasize too, though. So, like, I use per game stats in my college stats, and I would say 95 percent of you know people who are analyzing data out there don't use per game stats and i think it's really important mm -hmm. uh they'll say the season long you know has better correlation to future output but i i just can't believe that like they're very close to me i know it's a hair better using the season average like when you look at those charts from dynasty nerds where you see the line going up and all the dots of success yeah. right yeah. for each year so like you look at cedric tillman is last year's way down here because he only played three or four games right he got hurt so yeah. I like, yeah, so I go in and do the per game of each one. I think that gives good context to, to people like that. And people just think injured bad all the time. And I like to see past that. And Hashtag it really analysis. frustrates me. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's irritating. So then like when my guys get hurt, that are my guys that, you know, you've seen them flash, you've seen what they can do, and then they get hurt. And oh, they suck now. It's like, that's all right. it is. It's like, right. well, do they? They're just unlucky, man. <laughs> yeah. So for AT Perry and Tank Dell, um, is there, are you looking for a particular draft capital that would boost them up to the point where you're like, you know, at this point, they're essentially, 
mid late fourth round picks in ADP. So, you know, pretty much the end of, of everyone drafts final dart throws, but is there draft capital that you would say, okay, I'm willing to take this guy in, you know, second round or, or something like that. Is, is that even possible? Can draft capital move them that far? Um, or would it have to be, you know, some other factor that, that would do that? Um, they would have to go either, you know, late second round of the real NFL draft or early third. But as long as they go, you know, they in the do. fourth round or earlier, um, I'm I'm going to be okay with them as a, you know, third or fourth round rookie target. Okay. But yeah, they, they, they pop in different ways, right? Like uh, A.T. Perry's got good film grades and he had pretty decent close to his year, to his career. And I know he's a late declare and people really shy away from that. But I saw an interview that uh, Brett Coleman did with him and he was talking through his game and that, that kid's just, he's so smart the way he talks about this, the game. It's just amazing. I love the way he breaks it all down and Coleman was in love with him too. And that was, that was really fun to see. So I enjoy, I enjoy rooting for players that, uh, that are good guys or so to speak. So it was, it was fun seeing that. Yeah, no, no doubt. Brett Coleman, check him out on YouTube too. He has a ton oh, of sure. film breakdowns. Um, oh yeah. Just an absolute ton. I always uh, learn something when I watch one of his shows. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, I want to ask you about Michael Wilson, who's a guy that uh, is very well liked by Matt Waldman and, and some of the others that are purely film guys. Um, does he have any stats that are anywhere of like relevancy uh in your model um, no i keep seeing his mock draft capital so high and i look yeah. at his profile and, it's and you're like just Who is this disgusting guy? <laughs> like there's not a single thing to like that i can find and like i said i even use per game stats and stuff like that and i'm just seeing a sea of red so i conditionally format a, a excel spreadsheet and you look at all his stats and it's just dark red or light red everywhere so i don't so, I don't know what the hype is about him. Is it you said it's film grades that people are? Yeah, his his about route him? running, his release. Um, you know, he just has several ways to win to get open. Um, you know, I and I and I can see it. I get it. Um, but I mean, I honestly didn't even know who he was until you know maybe two months ago. So um, that that probably tells you something. Um, <laughs> but however, and I, this might be not something you can answer off the top of your head, but can, can you think of a guy maybe in the last uh, couple of classes that was the same scenario where it's like, Hey, I keep seeing this name kind of pop up, but he's not anywhere of, you know, he's not relevant at all in my model, but he ended up being decent or at least oh, yeah. usable in fantasy. Ter Terry McLaurin jumps out at me right away. Yeah. His, okay. his profile was just, nothing just awful i don't nothing. yeah trying to look for a good thing in it right now and his i guess his yards per route run adjusted for team strength was the only semblance of hope in there and then his film score was okay so, yeah it wasn't yeah even, not much not, not much even the nerds of you know ohio state lore loved him and it's the like, ohio you know, state yeah well no, <laughs> sorry we don't we don't say that here Fair. um but <laughs> Yeah, so I, I find that interesting. Uh, any other yeah. names in that group that you're just like, you can't figure out why why they would even be considered? Kind of like a Michael Wilson, just from a you know. Yeah, I think Trey Palmer is a guy I'm super low on. Let me <laughs> that was going to be the next name I was going to ask. Okay, let's see where he is. 
I think he was a transfer to Nebraska. Um, oh yeah, uh, I'm in a league with a guy who lives down there, and he he loves him. So. <laughs> oh, he's yep, he's sitting right next to Michael Wilson in my model, though. But is he four okay. three three forty? He's a speed demon guy, right? He's one of those he's very you know, fast. Yeah, very so fast. he's a, well, he's what was his forty? Four three three. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's there's plenty of speed guys out there. Oh yeah, I see that now. Four three three. Yeah. He's the fastest guy in class. Yep. I believe so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yep. that's exciting. That's, well, that's well, there you go. That, that that's his. Know. That's his reason. <laughs> that's why for the shining. name gets mentioned, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, if you can't do something with that speed, I think it would have shown up more in the production metric. Is what I always say to people who uh, throw uh, athletic scores for for a guy that I'm a little low on and. You know, you always have to have a reason to like someone. So if the if that's what you like about a player, if he wins with speed and you can see he wins with speed, then by all means go for it. You have to in these later rounds, you have to pick something that stands out and a four three three stands out. So when you're in the late round. So just find anything that stands out and cling to it point. in the last round. So yeah, that's, that's how I yeah, find I mean, a lot of sleepers. Third, fourth round, I mean that's what it's all about. You're not finding guys that are gonna win four different ways. Otherwise they wouldn't be third or fourth round rookies, right? So <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, I want to ask you about a guy and then Andrew, if there's anybody you want to throw out, but Rakeem Jarrett is a dude that's just like dirty. I love him. Uh, he's, he's just, he's a dog, man. Oh Um, yeah. He played at Maryland. Um, I think did Travis may mention last week. I can't remember if it was on this podcast or one of the other 500 he's done in the last week about him just having a crappy quarterback uh, who's way overrated and still just being a, just being like a backyard baller. Um, Rakeem Jarrett, does he have any redeeming qualities in the, in the Z score model? Uh, I'm looking through it right now. I'm trying to, trying to find something that, that pops. <laughs> Nothing that's uh, not dark red. <laughs> <laughs> Well, his market share and dominators are all right, but they get they get dinged when adjusted for uh, the lower end team strength a little yeah, bit. Okay. But those are okay, really. Uh, what really stands out is his yards per hour run is the second lowest in class, so that's concerning. Wow. I don't. So I I don't know context on them at all. Like I I plug a lot of these guys in, and if I don't study them specifically to know why. Sure. You know, their stats are this way. I don't know, like a lot of the top 20 wide receivers or whatever. I'll know. I, I, I guess he's number 18 or something like that. You have in there. Yeah. He, yeah. Number 15, 15. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't have a lot of context to share other than what I got in my, what I got in my database. Oh, so. yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's, that's all we're looking for. I mean, you got, you got to find something and, and see if maybe, right, there's a yeah. hit, maybe not, you know, um, Andrew, you want to jump in on anything? Yeah, I mean, I'll just kind of piggyback on a lot of this. I don't put nearly the work that David does. I don't have a model. I don't do I don't have that kind of time, right? It's just not my thing. I love people to do. And I'm really glad that you're on to tell us some of these things. But and there, like I said before, there is no wrong answer. Uh, I do want to clarify something, too, though. All of these players are better at this sport than I ever will be. So it's weird to talk badly about some of these guys. And I'm just like, you know, a 40 year old dude who doesn't play football at all. So like, let's just be clear. Um that aside, I played wide receiver, so you can. Yeah, but not anymore. anymore. No, no, not now. <laughs> um, Unless no, you're but... running between cars on the highway, changing that tire, <laughs> Change, right. chasing your three-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to say though is like everybody's got a something, right? And that's kind of what you said too, David. Is you find something that breaks the tie, right? Because all of these guys from even wide receiver thirteen in ADP, 
all the way down through wide receiver 23 are all, you know, fourth round flyers. Like you're just hoping to get lucky at the end of the draft. And so if you have something that breaks the tie, whatever you like, whether it's speed or film score, or, you know, you really like Brett Coleman, you're like, I like, he likes this guy, like go in with your gut. I mean, I think there's no wrong picks in the fourth round of a rookie draft. Um, because again, if it ends up being not a great pick, okay, we move on, right? It doesn't matter. Um, but I love finding some of those diamonds in the rough, right? And and a lot of times too, especially when it comes to uh, this this current NFL that we're in, physicality is important. And I really like looking at the metrics for that. Relative athletic score is something I use a lot to try to help break a tie. Um, and so for, for instance, you know, Rakeem Jarrett, Michael Wilson, both coming up over 8.4. I mean, Michael Wilson's a 9.5 in relative athletic score. I mean, so he's a freak of nature in that regard. And that's something that could break a tie. But on the flip side of that, you know, Tank Dell was like a 5.6 or something like not terrific. You know, Trey Palmer, not terrific. Like some of these guys, maybe that's what it takes is just some reason to say no thanks. And I don't think there's a wrong way about it, but I love seeing some of these names pop in different places and then just kind of put it all together and say, well, I'll do my best. Here's what, you know, here's what we got. Um, because again, it's that's part of the fun of this is hitting on a guy in the fourth round, you know, like hitting on an Isaiah Pacheco or hitting on a, Chigo's was Chigo Conquo. I'm just going to shorten it because <laughs> like I got him at like 5.12 in one dynasty rookie draft, the last pick of the fifth round, which was nuts, you know? Like, so that's just, that's the fun of this is just go with your heart, you know, go with your gut. Don't go with your brain <laughs> as counterintuitive as that is to David's whole model. It's just like, no, some, some people are tremendous of just having a feel for a player and just, they can watch them a couple times and they just know, and my God, hats off to those guys. That's a, that's an incredible talent. And yeah. Something that I don't even think NFL scouts can do in that short amount of time. And we're, we're playing fantasy and people are just just scouting at their computers and like that guy looks good and then they hit like well stakes are much lower right <laughs> yeah slightly my 30 dollar fantasy league is not nearly the same as someone's whole career so like <laughs> we don't get fired when we're wrong exactly yeah. uh with that uh, i want to wrap up wide receivers here but um david i did want to ask you if there's um let, let me ask you two questions number one is there any name anywhere not even on this list is there somebody you want to mention um that you you really like better than uh average or or the opposite if you feel like hey there's somebody here and uh i'll follow that up with like even to say hey i'm gonna try not to leave a draft without this guy um or i'm gonna avoid him at all costs regardless of draft capital right um you could take that either way yeah, that, that's a tough one just to think off the hip on that that guy. Um, oh, let's see. I guess Andre, however you say his last name, is I a little exciting. So when I shoot for upside on a late round guy, I like to target those small school school guys. So for the same reason, I'm I'm uh, shitting on Zay Flowers earlier because of his high expected capital. Uh, those are the guys I'm kind of targeting late because you don't know they have they have untapped ceilings. Like if they play at a bigger school, what have they produced? Or was it just they were in this area because their family was there? They're dedicated right. to a coach there or something sure. like that. There's there's a multitude of reasons that we can't calculate unless you know a person of why why they stayed where they went did or you know, like Jordan Addison transferring to USC, was it for more playing time or just was it to pop more to get more scouts on him? And it's yeah, hard to know the why. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
it's, it's, it's hard to always know the full why behind that. So small school guys kind of have that uh, catch my eye in the later round. So I like him. And like you said, is his RAS, even though uh, I don't do any athletic testing carrying in my model. I do physical measurements. I don't do athletic testing. I have it in there. I, I keep tracking it year after year, hoping to use it. But uh, it just hasn't stuck out for me in, uh, in a meaningful way yet. I know a lot of people do like that. RAS though and it intuitively makes sense you know you get a big freak athlete like it's they're probably going to be better than the guy who's rating a four or five so well I it like it's to... relative too like it kind of changes with each new data point which kind of keeps it so like you know it, it levels itself out as opposed to being like it's a way to compare players it's across exactly yeah, different yeah so I like that it does seem to have a bigger impact on tight ends than For other sure. positions in oh I believe that I've seen so Yep, athletic um, measurables for running backs uh, have, yeah. have the highest meaning. Tight ends are next for me as far as athleticism scores from the combine, and it sucks that uh, players aren't doing all the all the events. Yeah, I know. We got this massive database, and it keeps shrinking each year. With they're only going to run the forty and People then do drills. And it's like, well, well they'd rather not do it than do it badly. Yeah. It yeah. does seem to be the trend, and apparently teams don't care as much. And then you got JSN just blazing that three cone out there. But so that's stuff like that's fun to see because three three cone was the one that did matter the most for wide receivers, if I recall right. Especially okay. uh, shorter ones. For bigger ones, it didn't. I know Hayden Winks did a study separating two hundred up guys and two hundred below guys. Two hundred below guys, three cone matters a lot. Uh, 200 up guys it's a 40 time and kind of a high jump or broad jump one of the two uh mattered a lot more yeah i think that makes sense right yeah talking about kind of rating or just winning contested maybe right i guess that could could make sense um all right let's uh we'll kind of take a step back here let's go to running backs real quick uh mostly because i'm selfish and i wasn't on that show but also because uh david's model covers running backs so i want to hit on that um, I think we know kind of some of the obvious names. Um, I'm curious. I've got a few names I want to throw out and I'll, I'm, I'll give you a list of names and then you can just pick one that you're like, you know, this guy might have a shot or, or this guy, you know, sucks. Um, but essentially, you know, Tajay Spears, Zach Evans, Izzy Abanacanda, Evan Hall, Eric Gray, um, any of those guys, uh, they all seem to kind of have champions in the industry and they all seem to have some significant haters as well. So they have such a wide range of outcomes there. So that's why I kind of wanted to throw some names at you and see if one stuck out to you more than more than others as somebody you like. So let's see, you said Spears, Gray, Spears, Gray, Abanaconda, and who else? Zach Evans and Evan Hall. Okay. All right, so yeah, I have a couple that stand out pretty aggressively high and low okay. in that list. Uh, my low guy is uh, Izzy. His uh, tackle rate, something I get from Sports Info Solution. They have a good database for that. It's extremely low. It's like I did a tweet on it. Guys with that low have essentially never, that. ever hit when they're below 15% or lower. And to make Oof. it worse, his strength of schedule was pretty weak so if you adjust broken tackle rate for strength of schedule it gets even worse oh, but you know you saw his athletic testing and he you know he blazed that uh what was it a four three let's see i got it somewhere four three nine did they adjust it to yeah he's fast. yeah but still 
blazing, blazing fast. So, you know, that part's really exciting. And it's the same deal with the running backs, even more so than the wide receivers is there's, there's specific things that really pop out about everyone. And then there's a lot of bad things about them too. So uh, Ty J Spears is, is very high in mine. He's my running back five right now with projected Mm. draft capital. So starting to like him, but there's a very tight race between my running back five and like my running back, like 14. They're all within two projected points per game of each other. So, and I weigh landing spot pretty heavily. So landing spots going to drive a lot of my ranks this year. Okay. Draft capital and landing spot. Whereas normally that's not always the case, but you know, like Damian Pierce was an A plus landing spot, even though I hated his profile. So you knew he'd get year one sure. opportunity, but he's he's still always been a massive dynasty sell for me. I don't know where you guys stand on him, but yeah, totally um, agree. Okay. Yep. How about you, Andrew? How was your Damian Pierce love or hate? I man, I just I ask me in a month. That's honestly what I, <laughs> I, I just I don't know. I I hate to say that, but like. I'm definitely not acquiring Damian Pearson fantasy right now. Like I'm just not sure he's the guy, but if they don't draft anyone, I want every share of Damian Pierce. I can yeah. get right. Like he's yeah. probably got the, one of That's the true. biggest ranges of outcomes uh, for fantasy uh, in regards to the draft, because the Texans do have a lot of really good picks. There is an, an outside shot that the Texans get like Stroud and Bijan and are just an entirely different team than we've ever seen. Right. Or they, right. you know, they got young and, you know, who cares? They get some and other all the new coaches, right? right. Like that, that yeah. team is going to look very different, uh, both on paper and on the field. And so it, it just, it depends. I hate to say it, but like, I'm, I'm not telling anybody to acquire Damian Pierce unless it's for dirt cheap and you're just willing to take a risk for a second or something. But most Pierce owners or managers aren't really willing to give them up for that. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a cop-out answer, but I'm, I'm, I love the talent, but if someone, better comes in and then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it just, just, it's a crazy situation that he's in. So yeah, I mean, Evans or even hell, like is he a band goes there and it's not someone that's going to dominate. It's still going to take some carries that lowers the upside, which he had a ton of volume last year. If he doesn't have the volume, I don't know if I want it. So, I mean, really any running back to text to the Texans kind of makes me out or at least lower. I don't say out, but down on value for Pierce. So yeah, I don't know. Sing- Singletary didn't move the needle, the needle much. Well, that didn't help, right? Like, let's be honest, <laughs> right. like that, that's not a great thing. Even if they just go in the season with Pierce and Singletary, I still expect Singletary to take some of the snaps. So there's already Me a too. built like baked in downside. Like, I don't, like, what's the best possible outcome. It's going to be less than last year. So yeah, right. His best outcome peaked. was last year in my right. mind. He's, I mean, he's already peaked, I guess. That's not great. Like they yeah. were running an insane mount, even when they were down, you know, two plus scores. And it, like you Smith. watch a game and you're like, Lovey, Lovey Smith. Smith, what are we doing here? I know you're getting yards, but you're, you're running the game out. Like you're, you're solidifying loss until the last week of the year when he wanted to throw away the first overall pick, I guess. That was such a good out. The, I know. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a terrific way to go out the door. I do think it's interesting too because uh, you know Pierce is somebody who got a ton of hype last year during the season and is like the future running back of the Texans. And then not even four months, five months later, we're we're looking at it like he might be worth nothing. Like that's just the crazy cliff that we see with running backs. And opportunity is literally everything with running backs. Yep. And his opportunity is probably not going to be the same. 
it's going down. His value goes down. I hate to say it, but I just don't know if it ever regains unless they don't draft someone and Singletary gets hurt and like other things have to happen. I don't want that many dominoes to fall. Like I just <laughs> yeah. give me the more sure thing almost every time. Yep. No, I agree. I, I was just curious. He's a, he's always an interesting case study to pick. People oh yeah. Brains about. Um, let's yeah, see. No, no doubt. No doubt. Um, Among your list there, Eric Gray is another favorite. I think I will be targeting him no matter where he gets drafted. If he goes undrafted, I'll still be targeting him as as a pickup after the fact or awesome. you know last round rookie draft. He's he he's the only one with above average both athleticism score and college production in that entire range that I just listed. So he uh, he looks pretty solid. I don't I don't know that he has a ton of upside, but you know, like you said, if you get the right dominoes to fall, he's sure you know, he's got good athleticism. I think he's flying tremendously under the radar for his profile. Oh yeah. I got him at the five Oh six in the, Ooh. in the rookie draft. Like wow. I just, I was right. Like, like perfect. Um, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh. In all these rookie drafts. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. All these rookie drafts, these uh, late round running backs, I'm going to be just hammering them and trying to get as many dart throws as I can on gun guys. I like, um, but yeah, Izzy was really low. Zach Evans and Sean Tucker. I know you didn't mention. Sean I was going to ask. But... I was going to ask you about him next because he's very like. I think, uh, and I apologize if I'm wrong, Garrett, but I'm pretty sure Garrett Price has Sean Tucker very high. Oh and, no! Uh, yeah, Not my boy. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure, and I was shocked because I mean, you know, obviously I love Garrett, um, but yeah. So I, I'm kind of curious about him. He ended up falling, in my opinion falling to 308 in this draft and i thought that was kind of crazy considering how high some people have him um you know again definitely a name to throw on this list too because i'm very curious from a statistical standpoint where where he ended up for you yeah so i i kind of feel like i already slightly won on these guys because i was i was really low on them coming into the like i built a database i saw them they were way down there i didn't even really know who they were like i said i don't watch college ball i i, I watch numbers and the spreadsheets and stuff like that <laughs> so they were really low and then i see them getting pumped for weeks on twitter i'm like what is going on what is so great about these guys and uh, like i mentioned before i do a lot of underdog drafts so that gets you kind of another feel along with dynasty yes. adp of how people are ranking these guys because it's pretty similar really yeah on how they're drafted in those drafts and then how they end up being taken in rookie drafts surprisingly but uh yeah they were going very high like uh they were like running back four running back five running back six for the rookies off the board i'm like good lord i ain't gonna be touching these guys for nothing and now they're finally falling to the end of drafts again and i see dynasty rankings are kind of bringing them back to reality a little bit but the flaw that I have in my spreadsheet is I I'm heavily reliant on final year production for running backs. A lot of other people are my wide receiver is very different. That, that freshman year production means a lot to me uh, for running backs. I've, I've looked at both and everything points me to final year production. So I'm very heavy on that. Those guys, it seems like you guys tell me were earlier producers who have faded off in college. Does that sound right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, or leveled okay. off. Yeah, maybe they right. they came on early and then didn't necessarily improve, but they didn't go away. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. that's pretty pretty much right on. So that makes sense uh, why they were getting that steam before. But I know some film, you know, grades like you mentioned, Garrett's going to have them real high, I guess. So that's uh, 
that's concerning for where I have him. But <laughs> I Scouts just pulled Inc. it up. I don't see his uh, his film score, his nerd score on there yet. So yeah, Scouts Inc. have him at a fifty nine and a sixty one out of a hundred. You know, for reference, Devon A. Chain's an eighty two, Bijan's a ninety three. So they're okay. <laughs> they're way down there for their film scores. So at least I was, you know, after I did the analytic profile, then I do the film scores afterwards to see the difference because there's sometimes some pretty stark differences there. Sure. And they had they had them low. I know NFL.com's a little higher on them though. So yeah, it's tough. They're yeah. they're all over the place for their well, film scores, and, and you don't typically see that. Like film scores ac- across people are are generally you know somewhat close. Like Lanzerlines on Zach Evans, he has them. You know, in his top five backs, and yeah. then Scouts Inc. You know that he doesn't even crack top twelve, so that's that's interesting. And now we'll see where the nerd scores release on that. But. Right, for sure. Well, and I I think uh, Puff Pass Kick in the comments brings up a great point. You know, where he's saying it's it's great to hear. You know, someone like you that's like, hey, yeah, I didn't have these guys high, and you know, yet I'm hearing other analysts who can't shut up about them, right? And it's like this this is why you can't Thanks, just blindly trust one source too right like you can have your favorite people that do things like i love david's approach and the fact that he's like no i don't watch film i don't watch the games i don't know this yep. is this is numbers i'm not influenced i'm not biased in any way because it's just data i absolutely love that and then <laughs> same thing the other way around with like a matt waldman right who's like coleman hard basically just a scout he's essentially a scout he doesn't have a spreadsheet he doesn't have a database or a model he's like listen i'm just watching these guys i'm using my experience i'm looking at this right and we've mentioned a whole slew of names uh tonight of you know film guys model guys everything in between and that's that's where it's great to kind of get a cross section of that and if you can generally find a guy that um everyone likes like that's generally a good thing you know uh and you can feel great about taking them and you know when it's Nikhil harry like hey i guess you know we were all wrong right um, <laughs> yeah. it is what it is but well, what does uh, your model say about Bijan robinson do you think he's still like <laughs> is he a good running back <laughs> yeah it has him next to saquon as far as uh, yeah he's he's okay tremendous. we all agree we're <laughs> yeah 101 in every league take him uh, super flex or not yep I love that that's kind of locked in. It's it's nice in a way having that done. <laughs> oh yeah. There's stuff some stuff you just type in right away and that just slaps you in the face. It's like, all right, that guy's amazing. So um I want to ask you about yeah, one one sorry player to your point, in... uh it's definitely a weakness that you have to observe about yourself. Like if if we all know what we're weak at, we can rely on others who are strong in that. So you know, Bingo. there's, there's I'm guys weak at everything, playing. so I rely on others for everything. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, same. no, like, like you guys have a lot of dynasty experience, and there's a lot of guys I follow like that too that just know how how the game works and and values and drafts and you know positional values, you know how to target teammates and stuff like that too. And you know that's something I don't I don't have a ton of experience, and I got you know 10, 12 years of dynasty or whatever, but. I don't play it as hardcore as you guys. I got my eight leagues and then I got my hundreds of best balls, of leagues, and <laughs> then I got my weird. redrafts leagues. And then, yeah, you're, you're running a whole portfolio show over there of leagues. And <laughs> so it's, uh, it's definitely interesting to get your guys' view because you do kind of spread out exposure, right? And that kind of indicates confidence in, in players and, and how you try to always flip for value and stuff like that too. So yeah, it's, 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 whole point maybe it's just good to good to acknowledge weaknesses and strengths of yourself to 
properly evaluated players, sure. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, without a, without a doubt. Um couple last names here on running back, just because I'm curious. So like a guy like Zach Charbonnet, who I know very well because as a rookie at Michigan, he was a beast and then basically got in the doghouse with the OC and pretty much he was out. He transferred and then he pops up at UCLA and he's pretty damn good. Um, so I'm curious from your model standpoint, uh, did one have more influence over the others? Like, uh, you know, his time at Michigan versus time as you at UCLA, like, how do you balance that? And how do you, you know, two completely different, you know, you're talking pro style offense, you're talking to chip Kelly's spread offense. Um, how, how do you, how do you factor that? How do you factor for that? And which one has a bigger influence? Oh yeah. Like I mentioned before, it's, it's almost exclusively final year. Like I, I look at the other stuff, but uh, it, it doesn't move the needle for me based on the, the models and studies I've run and the correlation to final points per game. I just, I really trend to final year and I always got to reevaluate. So, it, you know, it's been a solid year since I've went and, you know, run studies again, just to make sure I'm using the most predictive stuff. But uh, yeah, his uh, his early time doesn't affect me much. But with him, yeah, he's got a very solid all-around profile, and his receiving prowess for a guy of that size is is pretty exciting. So that's that's one yeah. thing I've always looked for is a is a heavier back who can catch and can wiggle, like I, I like to call it. So for sure. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, on Antonio Gibson, these are all guys who really popped in the models, and they ended up being really big hits for their values. So. Um, yeah, he's up there, but he, he obviously costs a, you know, mid late first. So that's pretty different from those guys. And there's not a For different sure. guy that typically like him other than Roshan, but he doesn't have the production to go with it. But again, there's a lot of narrative surrounding him, right? So was he stuck behind Bijan? So he didn't get to play or there's, right. there's a million other ways you can spin it. And I don't know the right answer or what it'll be, but I think draft capital hopefully will show us in landing spot. Yeah, for sure. Um, last name I've got for you at running back is the name is Tyon Evans, a guy I had no clue about until the RSP from Matt Waldman and Matt Waldman absolutely loves him. Uh, again, it's a <clears throat> just total film grade. So I don't know if you even have any data for him or <laughs> what was his name again? Tyon Evans, T-I-Y-O-N, Tyon Evans. Oh, I've seen the name, but he's not in my database yet. Not in there. Yeah. So oh, I had no idea who he was. So I, I just, I found that interesting. And so I was going to say, if you have all this info on him, I'm going to go, wow, damn, I'm, I'm really an idiot. I, I totally lost <laughs> this guy. Right. But no. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, I'll, I'll type his name in at least to check him out. So yeah. All right, cool. There you go. See, I gave you some work to do. So there you go. Yeah. 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 I was slacking anyway. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can only go so deep with your numbers, man. There's only no, so many yeah, rows in a spreadsheet. Sure. You know, for like sure. it runs right. out. You got to be careful. Yeah. No, Google Sheets can go forever, man. <laughs> oh, I was trying to help you out, David. No. <laughs> it's infinite, man. It's infinite. I haven't hit the limit like Peter Howard yet. So yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> <Goodness>. <laughs> yeah. Peter, uh, he was on what three three weeks, two weeks ago? ago yeah two weeks ago oh he was that, that was yep. uh that he is amazing i love i love him and i could listen to him <laughs> just a beautiful mind and he can he can oh. explain his stuff for hours and hours and yeah, but he can't make... spell it's brilliant yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so and great. he knows it he's so great um <laughs> 
All right, let's let's get into tight ends here. A uh, few things we'll touch on. Um, I know you're you don't have anything uh, in your model for tight ends, right, David? Is that correct? Uh, I mark a couple things like uh, the film okay. scores they get and a little bit of athleticism. But yeah, that's pretty much all I go off of is draft capital, film grades from guys I trust, and athleticism. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, that's you know fair enough. I mean, I think it's you know, maybe not quite as much as quarterbacks, but it's kind of a crapshoot as well. I mean, you know, sure. You get those top guys every once in a while, but um, otherwise, you know, you get the Greg Dulcich who, you know, comes out of nowhere and, you right. know, right. You, you just, you just never know. Um, who are you guys high on for the tight ends or who are you liking? Yeah. Andrew, you want to start with that one? Sure. I mean, I, I think Dalton Kincaid's going to be my favorite after all of this. I just think he's, he's got the most, one. Yeah, he's just got the most like pro ready game and I think he's big enough and he's strong enough and gosh darn it people like him, you know, like he's just one of those guys that I think is gonna get good draft capital, you know, like he I think he just checks every box. I think Michael Mayer is probably getting a little bit overvalued. I think there's some I don't know name recognition maybe where people are really high on him. I'm not hating him. I just would rather have Kincaid in a vacuum and again not knowing draft capital or landing spot, that's kind of what all we have. Um, I, we were, I mean, I've talked about it before, but I think Darnell Washington's one of those guys, again, is the third tight end. Darnell Washington is one of those guys that could be a stud or a dud. And it really just depends on the scheme that he's put into. Um, I, I've mocked him and have been a big fan of him going to my Bengals. I think that they, you know, with all the offensive line help that they need, adding a, a blocking tight end would be phenomenal to play alongside Irv Smith, who's never really healthy anyway. So it gives you a six offensive lineman because the dude's just so big. But if he goes to a team like the Bengals where he's going to be blocking and, you know, fifth on the receptions, you know, potential lead of the of the you know the season, you don't want him for fantasy in that. You know, like that's just terrible. Okay. It, it dooms his fantasy value. He might be a stud tight end and be one of the best ever and still not be in your top 20 tight ends for fantasy because it's just how it goes. So I, I want to see where all three of those guys go. I mean, I, they're all three top three tight ends for a reason. You know, they're all right up there. In my opinion, they're all kind of in a similar tier. It just depends on where things go. The later guys, I think Tucker craft is someone I'm seeing a name a lot. And I, I really like what he could do. Um, but again, after that, it even Musgrave Laporta, I mean, names, all these guys, not bad, not bad at all. They're all, ter- this could be one of the best tight end classes we see. Um, but That's ultimately with tight end, I think more than any other position, it really matters where they land. You know, like if you got a, a great tight end, let's say Darnell Washington goes to the Chiefs. Well, now what? You know what I mean? Like a great tight end kind of goes to waste for fantasy, you know, and it we've seen it happen before. You know, Pitts kind of got lucky and Ingram kind of got lucky going to a spot that they needed to lean on a tight end because they didn't have anyone. So it's it's a tricky one for me because tight ends are asked to do so much. It's not like they just run or they just catch. They're asked to block, too. And, and that could change their entire dynamic as a football player. So. I don't know. There's no right answer for me with tight end. It's literally just whatever you feel like is value. I mean, also, and let's not forget, tight ends generally take some time to develop. So I'm usually not drafting tight ends in my rookie draft. I'd rather pay, you know, 50 cents on the dollar in a year when I haven't done anything and just kind of pick them up off waivers even um, and kind of put them in a taxi spot if I got that. But I don't really like drafting them. I'd rather draft a running back that could see the field. That's just kind of my my M.O. No, that's a good point, especially uh, scheme dependent. Like you mentioned, Ingram, yeah. when he went to Jacksonville, I haven't really thought about that, but that makes perfect sense. So that's a good point. Yeah, I think what about you, Scott? sometimes for me, um, I'll kind of go into draft season with, you know, 
kind of loose rankings and go, yeah, I kind of, I think, you know, this, this is my set of rankings. And then, you know, ultimately at some point you have to select a name and, and hit draft. Right. And, and that's really where sometimes it comes down to like, um, you know, one of the examples I, I often give is like Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, like, ah, yeah, sure. I like both of them. I like their landing spots, like whatever. But I came out of draft season with like eight shares of Justin Jefferson and one of Jalen Rager. You know, why did that, why did that happen? I don't know. I got super lucky, I guess. But like <laughs> at the end of the day, when I had to pick a name, you know, that's the name I, I chose. And, and certainly I have plenty of examples where it didn't work out. Um, but I think my point is that I can look at this list of tight ends and go, yeah, I, you know, I, this is a tight end premium. I, it's my only weakness on this team. I should be drafting tight ends. And, and I look back at all the opportunities where I passed on them in this, in this draft I just had. Um, so, you know, kind of like you said, Michael Mayer, he ended up going 201. And I was like, I had the 202. I traded back. Kincaid went 204. Um, you know, every few picks, you know, one of those guys jumped off the board. And, you know, Washington and Musgrave and Zach Koontz and Sam Laporta and Tucker Craft and, uh, you know, so you can just go down the list like, yeah, they all got drafted and and they all seem to kind of fall into place at this point. Um, but I think a couple of the main metrics for me that I've seen, obviously the Raz, I think it's got to be above eight. Um, I'm pretty sure okay. is the cutoff for for the majority, you know, just playing the odds. Right. Just playing. The right. Looking at game. historical hits and stuff. Right. Yeah. And, and just saying, OK, most of the, you know, recent top tight end seasons came from a tight end that was six, five or taller and, you know, had a Raz above eight. Um, and so then you kind of start eliminating some of these guys like Sam Laporta was a guy that I really liked in college because I watch a lot of Big Ten football and I I know how bad Iowa's offense was and Laporta always seemed to be there. He always seemed to show up and he made a catch and he made a play. And it's like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. And then you're like, well, he's, he's kind of short and you know, his athletic profile is, is fine. It's not special, but he's, he's kind of like maybe a, you know, like Chigaconquo 2.0. Right. But then you're like, well, wait a minute. Aconquo was really good last year. We really liked him. So then it's like, well, should I be in on Laporta then? You know, so I think a lot of times it really does come down to landing spots and uh and draft capital. So I, I and think an opportunity cost, right? Like Chig was a fourth, fifth absolutely. round pick. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, because if these he guys are early pick, seconds, we hate like you said. Yep. Right. It, exactly. It, that's exactly right. So I think once once this all kind of shakes out, you know probably have a handful of these guys you throw them on taxi squads or if you have deep rosters you're going to want to take some shots i think it's a good class and i would be i will probably be passing on the wide receivers for these tight ends again depending on where it's at second round maybe third round definitely fourth round for sure so yeah when yeah. i just wanted to toss this in there because we we've talked about rasic ras a couple times and it's like you said especially for tight ends it's a big deal I mean, Zach Kuntz in the Underwear Olympics comes out with a 10, like the best RAS for a tight end ever in the model. Like that's as good as you can do. Um, in this class, there are, oh man, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 tight ends over nine, and which is impressive. And then you've got another yeah. wow. six that are over eight. So you've got 16 tight ends in this class that are over an eight. And you know who's not one of those 16? Michael Mayer. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that makes right? me nervous right like 7.65 ras like that he's on the cusp there right and dalton kincaid is not in that either because he didn't do any of the things to qualify for an ras 
So even if you put those two in that group, you're looking at 18 tight ends that are, you know, best ever. Like this could be a crazy deep tight end class that to be honest in fantasy, we need, you know, we've only got like five or six really good tight ends. If we add another three to that list after this season, I'll be happy. It just yeah. makes it a little less uh, constricted at the top. But I just think it's interesting with RAS too being kind of what I kind of use to break a tie and tight ends. That's really important. Like you were saying that the correlation is is huge. But some of these guys, I mean, James Bostic, never heard of him, went to OU. He's got an 8.07. He could be a seventh round draft pick, undrafted free agent even, and not get drafted in your rookie draft and become a guy. Like we see it happen sometimes at tight end. They're just a stud and ball out and land in the right place. So it just, right. it makes it tricky. Tight end is a, it's a mess, right? But if we're looking at 18 good, t- potentially good t- tight ends in this class, I'm not upset with that. That's a good time. Yeah. Uh, and Ridley Truther says in the comments, um, you know, one dark horse to be that dude this time next year. And I could give you the Homer pick in Luke Schoonmaker. I think he's got the skills to do it. Uh, but a guy I like even better Payne Durham, uh, from Purdue. Um, I think he's like 35 years old at this point. Uh, but he's, he's got probably the best hands in the class. Uh, I don't know if he can block, but you know, I think, I mean, he's solid. He's, he's all right blocker. It's not like he can't. Um, but Payne Durham is a guy that I like, I'll be watching that scrolling line at the bottom of day three to see uh, what team he lands on. Cause I, I think that'll be a, a, a fun one. He's, he's an awesome dude and a fun player to watch. Yeah, his RAS is only 6.58 though. So, yeah, he does. He's not going to hit any of the metrics. He's not nope. going to be a name that people know. Just, you know, that's okay. ra- random guy that I watched that. That's a can, good dark horse. I said the same thing about David Bell. So what do I know? Don't listen to me. <laughs> the Isabella, right? There's all no. these guys. But, hey, just, David Bell didn't hit any of the metrics either, right? So we should have listened, you know? <laughs> True. Yeah. Huh. All right. Anything else you guys want to mention on tight ends or any position anywhere? uh just kind of finish up the catch all here i think i think i'm ready honestly like i'm excited for the draft i want the nfl draft to happen i want my fantasy drafts to kick off two weeks baby i'm just i'm ready i want it now <laughs> yeah this is, this is the most excited i've been for uh fantasy football draft and or for <laughs> the draft relative to fantasy football yes. in a long time because there's so many names and I personally think it's a, you know, it's a very deep class relatively. It's not got all that elite talent other than Bijan and, you know, maybe JSN, depending how you look at them and the quarterbacks. But I, I do think midwise, it's a very deep class. So I, I love the second round of rookie drafts and the third round and yep. fourth rounds. There's going to be values all over the place. A lot of like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a 30, 40% hit rate, even in round three on some of these running backs and wide oh, receivers. And stuff, I'm going to be so. very curious to see that kind of information after this. Like after we yeah. look back on the class, that's going to be entertaining because last year's class felt like it had a lot more busts than hits. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. And that happens sometimes. Rounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think, uh, yeah, two weeks from now, it's going to be a hell of a weekend. I'm stoked. Got it lined up today. Was out with the guys and uh, probably got 10 guys at my house. Got my projector set up. You can see the bunker behind me here, which uh, I think uh, 
puff pass kick said am i in a safe room yeah uh, yeah this is <laughs> this is my new office setup down here in the basement so still still working on that but uh stoked for that let's get into our find me a trade and get on out of here for the night so uh i will andrew you want to do settings or you want to do roster well before we do that find me a trade gotta play that for our boy i'll i'll do settings if you want to pull up the roster i got it let's do it so this one is submitted by our friends at the fantasy timeline at fantasy timeline on twitter uh, they're in uh, our, our Junkies 2 league, which is always a good time. This one is a safe leagues league. So it's, again, something that Scott is very familiar with. Um, it's uh, a 12-team PPR 2.0 tight end premium. Uh, passing touchdowns are six and interceptions are minus four. Uh, it's a start 10, one quarterback, two running back, three receiver. Or, sorry, one quarterback, two running back, three receiver, a tight end, and then a super flex still at least or something, right? Yeah, because it's one. Two, three. Yeah, we still have two, two flex and, and a super flex. Yeah. There you go. And then uh, they've got draft picks 204 and 404. And I looked at that actually, too, because I was curious. Uh, and their their thoughts are very simple, very straightforward, very much a Josh thought. I think this is a middle of the road team at best. Well said, Josh. Thanks I love for that. It. So deep ponderings. That's, that's basically where we're at with this. And so, yeah, if you want to pull that team up, Scott, we can take a look. I, I've got it. You can uh, you can add it. Perfect. Okay. There we go. Okay, at quarterback, we've got Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, and Taylor Heineke, um, Matt Ryan. We'll see if he comes back around. Uh, <laughs> running back, Gus Edwards, Naheem Hines, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams, Javante Williams, wide receiver, Deontay Johnson, DK Metcalf, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and uh, a bunch of uh, non-threshold receivers there. And at tight end, Dallas Goddard, Austin Hooper, and Brevin Jordan rounds out the Safe League's 28-man roster. Okay, Andrew, let's have you start with your trade. Yeah, Uh, do you want me to start since I actually had one on the sheet? Since you put it on the sheet, we're going to start there. Love it. All right, so... I feel kind of bad doing this because I, I like this team. It is. I could see why you think it's middle of the road. I, I get it. But my trade is. I feel like it's a little bit too in-house because I just traded Lamar. I wrote an article for Fantasy Pros. I came out last week where I said Lamar Jackson is somebody I'm trying to get rid of. And I just submitted a new article where he was listed as a trade target. Like I, it just it depends. All, honestly, like it's just all about the price. So. My thinking here is if you can get rid of Lamar and bolster some of your other roster spots, maybe that would help. So mine was with New Killer America, which is a terrific team name. Uh, you would send Lamar for Travis Etienne, Michael Pittman, and the 209. And we just got done listing a bunch of players that we think are going to be valuable in this draft that could go in the second round. I think any one of those flyers is nice at the 209. If you can get more than that, great. But I'd be fine to settle for something in that second round. Um, the new Killer America team has a ton of draft picks. They are, in my mind, looking at a rebuild and have a ton of different things, ton of different places they can go. They can pivot all over the place. So I like this one because it gives you ETN and Pittman, which both pretty much immediately make your starting roster. Um, I think that you're probably starting both of them every week. It does trade away Lamar without getting one back, but you've got Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, and potentially Matt Ryan to be starters still. Even, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater might start a game or two. Heineke might start a game or two. I don't mind just rolling with two in this league in this theory either. 
and kind of getting out on Lamar before we see him get worse, I guess, or value go down or who knows. So that was kind of my thinking. Scott, what do you think about that trade Lamar for ETN Pittman and the 209? Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm going to say about sending mm-hmm. away a quarterback and not getting one back, you know. Not um, a good idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I that's that's philosophy more than more than anything, right? Um but yeah, value-wise, you know, you're going to get three more pieces there. Um do you have enough flex spots that Pittman's going to be a starter? Uh it, it might be close. Well, I'm thinking if Javante doesn't start have, the season, but, right? Yeah. yeah, but you're going to need ETN for Javante. That's that's exactly right. Um, so, I mean, from that standpoint, you're going to be able to have some flexibility. Um, I think I... So, are you going the other way here that you're saying, hey, I'm going to just roll with, like, Rodgers and Love and, and try to... Because I well, don't know that that's enough to so, necessarily compete, but this trade isn't like a retooling trade, right? So, so my thinking with this trade is it's one of many I would try to make, right? I would first try to move from Lamar and try to add some assets. And then I might do even something crazy where I take Pittman and Rogers and move up to get a Dak or something like that, right? And I think that there's a this this team is probably, and we say this a lot, this team is probably four or five good trades away from contending. But I don't think it's out of reach. I, I think that there's a lot of good trades you can make. And I'm just looking at, I, we talk about it all the time, right? Timing is everything. Like the timing right now, Lamar is the guy that I'm trying to move. There's some risk there. I don't think you're going to get a lot for Aaron Rodgers. I'd be fine to move Aaron Rodgers too, but I just don't think you get a lot. I want to break something up and then combine those together to move to a different place. That's kind of where my head goes. Like, I don't think it needs to be a torn down to the studs rebuild, but I like retooling, moving off Lamar, getting some other assets that could be, you know, potentially rising assets. And even with that 209, and then after the draft and we see how things settle off in, you know, late May, early June, start to make some more moves. Rogers will have signed by then. That trade will have been done. Like maybe that's when you bump that and you say, hey, Rogers just signed. Now let's now we move Rogers. Right. There's no reason to move Rogers today. Nothing's changed. Um, and I think you could even make that same argument for Lamar. Like nothing's changed. Why are we moving him? It, it all depends on the price. If they're not willing to pay that price, then don't move. it. Right. That's ultimately what it comes down to. I'm trying to get full value or if not even pay a tax for sending Lamar without getting a quarterback back. That's kind of where my head goes. If you can get full value, that's where I'd start. But again, I don't think there's a bad trade to be made here. You've got a lot of good receivers and maybe that's where you start, but I don't know, Scott, what was the, I see you kind of building your trade on the sheet. What was the trade you wanted to get into? It was similar to that maybe. Yeah. So I think this Mm -hmm. is one of those where it might have to wait a little bit because it's going to revolve around. I want to, if we're middle of the road, like we're not at the time of year where we can just break everything down right now. Like that's, you already have too many teams ahead of you. They already have the draft capital. You're not going to be getting that draft capital most likely. Um, so we're, we're not really in a spot where we want to trade for, for vets and we're not going to be able to really break the whole thing down here. So I want to maybe look ahead to the future where, you know, the Rogers trade goes through, we start getting some videos of Javante Williams running around and, you know, um, I don't know, just running on grass and like, hey, he's alive and he runs the ball and he's here because um, just things like that are going to bring value back to some of these players. And so, again, this this trade might have to wait a little bit. But what I want to do is position myself. We're not really leaving the middle of the road, but we're going to put ourselves in position for maybe some value gain um, and or just a a place to pivot 
depending on what happens in season, right? Because you don't know. You might lose three starters in the first three weeks, and you're like, okay, we got to head towards rebuild, right? Yeah. But then everybody knows that, and you're not going to get anything for uh, some of these guys. So I was kind of looking at uh, the same team you did a trade with, New Killer America. I was trying to find a way to maybe get them a quarterback or try to get some picks. But again, this time of year, it's just really not going to be conducive to that. Um, so what I came up with was a trade with the team run the damn ball and he has Josh Allen and Tua along with, uh, Zach Wilson. So looking at his roster, he probably thinks, or, you know, he's, he's more than middle of the road, right? It's probably more contender anytime you have Josh Allen. Uh, but Tua obviously don't know what's going to happen there. A little bit of risk. So that might be a type of team you could send Rodgers to. That's like, hey, yeah, give me that solid vet that I know he's locked in for this year. Let's make that championship run. Um, so that deal is Aaron Rodgers. I got too many screens going on here. Uh, <laughs> moving uh, um, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and Javante Williams for DeAndre Swift. I just clicked off the wrong screen here. DeAndre Swift. And I'm looking at the wrong team. No, I got it. Yeah, okay. Uh, DeAndre Swift and Jerry Judy. And the two... I forget what their pick was. I can find that real quick. The 205. 205. The 205. There it is. Yeah. Um, Javante to Swift to me. I think somebody would be willing to make that upgrade. You know, it might seem, well, I don't know. I guess it might not seem like an upgrade, uh, but obviously Javante is a little younger. Maybe he has more upside at this point. I think people are kind of out on Swift. Um, so that's where I'm willing to maybe add him in. Again, he might not do anything for you this year. Maybe he signs with a new team next year. Javante, we don't really know, uh, but it could help that team towards the end of the season. Um, you know, add, taking a risk on a guy like Judy and then adding a mid-second where you can potentially add one of these tight ends we've talked about being a heavy 2.0 tight end premium in this league, um, you know, or another running back that you can use to either, you know, make a run or, you know, flip him for another piece there. So uh, just trying to maneuver to a, a pivot point of which you could go either way very easily at some point in the season. When I'll just jump in here and let David go and say, we've been kind of leaving him out. You're still there, David. I know. Uh, but, <laughs> This is a very similar trade to mine where it's like, you know, getting a couple different ascending assets. I think Swift and Judy both are going to see better days this year than they saw last year. Um, I think Javante's still got a lot of name value, and I think that offense is going to do well. I like Javante a lot in, in Dynasty. I think he's still got a lot of, um, you know, meat left on the bone, I guess you could call it, since he tore his ACL. Um, but in the 205, same logic. Like, just getting another flyer pick is always a good idea in any of these trades if you can pull that off. And it's the same logic too, sending a quarterback without getting one back, right? So I, I feel like anytime I do that, I want a little heavier on the other side. So I don't mind this trade at all. But David, we will pivot to you. What do you think about either of these trades? What would you do these kind of trades? Is this kind of where your brain goes or do you have a different idea entirely? Yeah, it's funny. So I didn't see your trade initially in the sheet and I just was going through as we went to the show to find one and I found the same exact team and the similar concept in there. Love it. Whereas... I'm trying to trade away some of those quarterbacks. Uh, Jordan loves my cell target that I think mm. as a starter, I think he carries the most value right now. But uh, to Scott's point, uh, it's probably better to wait on Rodgers 
for when he officially signs. He's going to get a nice boost right away. And I think that's the time to pivot off him. And you should. I don't think he's doing anything for your team right now. Um, I'm not sure that uh, the return value, the guy would accept it for the Swift Judy one, I guess. I, th I thought that was a lot to get in return. For, yeah, see, I don't like Judy as up. much, so I think that's where that okay. gets affected. I think people are much higher on Judy than I am. So, But I still DTC see value in him, close. obviously. Yeah, DTC so. hit it close. That's all I'm looking at. Like You're within okay. 5 to 10%. You're good. Okay. All right. Nice. Okay, so yeah, I didn't know that, but that's interesting. But yeah, I would target, uh, let's see here, it was uh, Killer America. And I'm looking to sell Love and possibly another quarterback. He's so thin there, he doesn't even have a starter right now. And what I was aiming for was Singletary for net and a second round pick on what that costs. Because we just talked about how, how much we love the rookie running back class and how you want as many darts as you can. If you already got the 204, if you can add another mid-range second in there, you're going to get a decent running back, and you're going to have two of them. Um, Fournette's at an all-time low value. I, I don't have no idea how much he's got left in the tank, right? And how many, if even a year, Just he a has free left. free piece, but, basically. Yeah, this guy should be, you know, have no problem letting him go. Singletary, I, I mean, we mentioned him earlier in the show, actually. Uh, I, I think he had, carries some decent, you know, floor for his receiving, and then it's just taking a flyer on those rookie picks. I don't think you're gaining anything at all by holding on Love and Rogers on your bench here with a Lamar there. I like Lamar a lot. He's been a, a trade target of mine. But, yeah, I, I see the, the cases with him. There's a lot of concerning issues. And if he trades teams, like, his value might plummet hard because they, they built that team for him, and not a lot of teams do that. And it's it's pretty amazing to see, but they're already pivoting another direction, right? They got Monken, the heavy passing mind. They brought in OBJ, the high paid receiver, which they've never done in all the years with Lamar. They're finally right. doing it at like I don't know if it's leverage or what, but it seems like there's definitely a philosophy change in the Ravens organization. And if Lamar's there for it, I think he's going to explode. But I don't know what's going to happen with him. I'm a big Lamar fan, though. I'm rooting for him. So, yeah, we're we're all on the same page. Those ship some quarterbacks for some running backs or other pieces, and that makes well, sense. I just want to add this in too. New Killer America, the team that we're talking about, has five first round picks and four second round picks. So well, there he's you go. got the 103, four, uh, 108, 109, 111. You know, he's got a bunch of options, and I think this is that's someone I'd be targeting in a consolidation on his side type of trade. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, let me yeah. you're, you're going to need to Absolutely. consolidate your roster. Let me send you one player for three. Like we're you know both kind of talking about in our trade builds here. That's the perfect yep. target for that, because as you get into rookie season, those teams that have a bunch of rookie picks, maybe they plan on drafting with all of them, but they shouldn't. Right. And we talked about this with Scott Connor and we talk about it all the time. You don't have to draft just because you have these picks. Um, they're good trade chips. And this team, I feel like the timeline team could use a couple bench pieces or, you know, even starters to really get over that hump. So this is the perfect kind of trade to send love for three pieces or any one of those QBs for three pieces, you know, get yourself an extra second, add your bolster, your other rooms. I don't, I don't hate any of this. I like that. We're all kind of on the same page. Though. That always makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and all trading quarterbacks away, which is pretty rare. Yeah. Super flex. Right. But Without I think getting this one is back. the right yeah. roster to, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hopefully that helps Josh and drew <laughs> good stuff. Good luck guys. Um, awesome. Yeah, well, hell, hell of a night. Always awesome having David on. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, thanks amazing for having stuff, me, you guys. Amazing stuff. Good chat. Appreciate you. Appreciate your model, your approach, everything. Um, I'm always, uh, obviously, he knows I'm always in his DMs like, yo, what do you think about this guy? Yo, what about <laughs> this guy? Like, oh, I love like, chat players. Do you have anything better to do than bother me? But yeah, no, I, I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. So that's going to still be coming here soon. And especially once we get some draft capital in, I'll be very, very curious to see how it affects some people. So for sure, we, we will be chatting. Um, no, I love it. I don't get to talk football with much people in my real life. My uh, wife and two daughters aren't too keen into it. So and there, that, well, that's all I spend my time with. So they just think you're an accountant <laughs> dealing with spreadsheets. You don't watch football, right. so they, they don't even. Yeah, they don't have a clue. That's perfect. <laughs> that's that's what it's all about. Um, all right. Well, as we sign off here, David, why don't you tell the people again where they can find you and and your work? Yeah, I'm at davidzock 16 on Twitter, uh, writing with fantasy pros and uh, nerds a little bit. My articles have uh, really waned off lately, but doing a lot of stuff on Twitter, and I got a, a full guide I might release uh, this offseason as well as trickling out some info and, of course, the Z-score coming out in about three weeks, so you can look forward to that. Can't wait. Can't wait. Love it, man. Uh, appreciate, appreciate you giving us the time um a little bit of biz here keep those uh fmat submissions coming in we got a whole bunch last week so that was awesome we've got a, a bunch to work through there um got some good stuff coming up on the schedule we'll do some pre-draft uh pre-draft mock post-draft mock um you know we're gonna have all that sort of fun we do have a uh dap network uh draft show correct right. andrew yep. yep okay yep. night for night um, one thursday at least maybe night two we'll see how it goes yeah yeah i i will i will not be there it is literally the night that i live for in my entire right. life and i've done that <laughs> with my best friends for as long as i can remember so i will not be on the show which is probably good for the listeners because like i said i just tell you to draft <laughs> david bell and that's not going to help anybody so um thanks to everybody in the chat we appreciate you guys hanging out uh check us out on twitter at dynasty junkies rocky at dynasty ff addict i'm at scott underscore sidlow at andrew hall ff uh subscribe rate and review we appreciate that um hey check out all of our shows uh everybody's been kind of jumping on each other's over the past month it's been a lot of fun doing some uh you know cross uh reference there and getting some good info so check those check those out in the dap network um Andrew, I'm going to give you the honors to take us out, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, David. It was a great time. I really truther. We had puff pass kick. Lots of, like you said, lots of great guys in the chat. But as always, just go have fun with this. This this game is this hobby is meant to be a good time. Just go have a good time. And if you're not having a good time, that's OK, too. Take a break. We're all here. It's the long off season. Take two weeks off and come back healthy. But with that, junkies out. 